0: As someone who who has a history of a a pretty bad relationship with the bride bride of Christ, God has used the opportunity that I've had to see uh, so many places around the world what following Jesus looks like and how different it is than me. Hello and
1: welcome to Real God. I am your host, Brian Castellano, and today we are talking to Ben Stewart. Uh, He is with Uncharted International and he's here to tell us about what he does and
0: what Christianity looks like outside. Of American life in yeah. the U.S. Well, first of all, yeah, thanks for having me tonight, today, Brian. And uh, it's really uh, fun to be part of this and exciting to hear what you're developing here. So. Awesome. Well, I'm very happy to have you.
1: Uh, first off, so what I want to do is definitely give everybody a perspective of who you are and where you sure. come from. Yep. So tell us a little bit about yourself, um, you know, a little bit about your testimony, mm-hmm. why you're a Christian, mm-hmm. and then what kind of what you do with that. And yeah. What lead into Uncharted from there.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, Um, a lot of my story is very connected to, to what I'm about today and what I'm doing today. Um, I'll try to keep it super brief, but it actually best starts with my parents who are first generation Christians. And actually my dad went into ministry before he was a Christian to avoid the draft, the Vietnam war. So he and my, he and my mom were like hippies to the max. Yeah. Um, so they were serving at a, at a Unitarian church out in Connecticut and, um, you know, didn't have a relationship with the Lord. It was just talking about doing good things for humanity at this church. Right. And then uh, God intervened in a really powerful way in their life. And they became followers of Jesus. And that was right at the time I was born. That's and, awesome. Um, you
1: just don't hear a story like that. Yeah, very
0: much. yeah. it's pretty. I mean, there's a lot of other details to it that make it even more unique. But it was, cool. it was pretty awesome. So that's kind of my, what I was born into is parents who were, you know, familiar with ministry in some ways and yet completely brand new to what it means to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we, we ended up moving to Dallas, Texas, where my dad went to seminary again, um, this time at a evangelical seminary and we were there for a couple of years and then moved back to Connecticut. And so sort of my formational years growing up were in the East coast. Um, so in that culture in the early eighties and then, um, um, the church that my dad pastored was a non-denominational church, but honestly, it was it was really rough. It was a yeah. rough place to um, to do ministry. It was a rough place to grow up in, and it had a really powerfully negative impact on my family. Um, and when you say it was rough, what do you mean? Like a so inner city rough or nope, just rough? Not at all. Actually, the, the opposite. Yeah. So very legalistic. Very uh very rules oriented, very performance driven and just a lot of negativity on my mm-hmm. family. Um so it 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 wore on us, like it wore on my parents especially and them being new Christians, they didn't really know right. anything different. And so for a long time they were just living like okay, this must be this must be it, like this must be what it means to follow Jesus when in fact it was the exact opposite. You know, it was void of freedom, it was void of grace, it was void of um anything that really the gospel stands for. So mm-hmm. all that to say, my, my church experience growing up was 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 quite negative and and yet through it all, um I I maintained some level of a relationship with Jesus. But I I will admit that my rather than rejecting Christianity in Christ, which I think a lot of people in that situation do, especially in our generation. I went the other way and I just sort of embraced the legalism of it and the rule keeping of it. And, um, fast forward several years, graduated from high school, went to three days of university and I realized I was not ready for this. So I dropped out. Actually it was, I had like a test that I hadn't studied for or something. So I was like, I'll just drop out of college. That seems like a good way to avoid that. So wouldn't recommend. That's one way would not recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. So I jumped on a plane, and three weeks later, I was down in New Zealand, and uh, I lived down in New Zealand for a year. And you know, early in my life, I, I had committed my life to the Lord. Like I remember my dad leading me to the Lord and and helping me understand as a as a young child, um, the basics of of my. Brokenness, my fallenness, my my sin, mm-hmm. and and that Christ, you know, was the way back into relationship with with God. But it was really during my year in New Zealand where the grace of God, um, just like broke into my life, Correct. and and that year had a profound healing and just shaping of reshaping of my heart and mm-hmm. of my understanding of who God is and what it means to be in relationship with him. Um, so that year had a profound impact on me as a person, uh, as a follower of Jesus, and was also the year where I, I knew that uh, my giftings, my passions, uh, who I am, was best would best come alive in the context of, of vocational ministry, of um, serving the bride of Christ, Right. which is super ironic because it was the bride of Christ that caused so much damage yeah. in me and my family in the first place. So when you got rekindled
1: in that, in that spirit, mm-hmm. um, what, what was it that actually hit the switch or, or yeah. made, it, made it different for you? That
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there was a definite defining moment where I would, I, I can't, at the time I don't think I'd be able to say this now I would, I would attribute it to the, the Holy spirit just really directly, opening my eyes to, to understand the grace and the freedom that is found in Jesus. And then I think what stirred me the most to direct my passions vocationally towards, um, towards ministry is just how wonderful, how wonderful freedom in Christ is, how wonderful the grace of God is, how wonderful the abundant life is. Mm -hmm. And so desiring that for others. Right. Um, to the point where I was like, yeah, I, this is, this is what I need to be about all the time. So, so from there, um, just super quick, like went to, came back, ended up going back to school. So that was a good choice. (laughs) Um, and I went to a, a Christian private liberal arts university. That's where I got a couple of degrees in theology and Bible. Uh, that's where I met my now wife, Kathy, and we've been married for at least 16 years this summer two kiddos, Eli and Olivia who are fantastic. And, uh, coming out of our time at Northwestern started serving in the local church and did that in several different capacities, um, at a few different places for, uh, probably about 12 years. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, most of that time was with a denomination called the Christian Missionary Alliance. And, um, about five years ago, the, one of the leaders of the denomination called and said, Hey, would you come out to our national headquarters in Colorado Springs and help lead a new missions movement um, called Envision. And so we moved out there, and for several years we were out in Colorado Springs helping uh, sort of breathe a new life into what global mission looks like um, for this particular denomination. And that is what really captured and turned my heart from uh, serving the local church or the Bride of Christ as a pastor to serving the local, you know, the local church or the bride of Christ from the standpoint of how do we mobilize people and engage people, um, in God's global mission, uh, uh, to redeem and renew creation back to himself. And so, um, so since then missions has been global, global work, um, has been really surfacing as the passion for, for my wife and I and our family. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's a, (laughs) Kind of a long answer there for you. No, that's good. It's good. It's fun. I actually have
1: not been on a mission trip at all. Yeah. And uh, we'll have to get you on one someday.
0: I know, right? (laughs) David Whitmore asked me. He was was like,
1: hey, you going to Myanmar with us this year? And I was like, no. (laughs) That's funny. And he said, well, why not? And I was like, you know, I just, it's not that I won't go. Sure. I just really never wanted to go. Yep. Yep.
0: I hear you. Yeah.
1: It would be interesting. Yeah. I think it would be interesting to see... I mean, guys. I honestly don't know what life is like outside of the U.S.
0: Right. Well, it is. I will say. I mean, obviously, I I believe this because I've given my life to it. But um, I think that there are certain aspects of of just life in general, and then there are certain aspects of of following Jesus specifically that when we when we go cross culturally. Um, and I would even say, internationally, in some ways, that we just taste things and experience things, and our eyes are open to things that uh, are so unique mm-hmm. they can't be experienced in other ways. And there's a di- there's a dynamic of of God that we encounter. There's a dynamic of our relationship with God that I think is I would I would say almost impossible to experience um, without going on some sort of trip or experience like that. Um, And I don't mean that as like a sales pitch or a guilt trip or anything like that, but (laughs) just, it's sort of like a, to me, it's like a uh, one of the cornerstones of the discipleship experience, you know, that um, things that form our faith are elements like community Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, the reading and meditating of scripture and prayer and, Uh, worship, you know, there's, there's sort of those different pillars that, Mm -hmm. that shape our, our discipleship. And I would, I would elevate to those, to that same level of those things, the experience of, of cross cultural work and seeing what God's kingdom looks like globally. So anyways, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a pretty awesome experience. Cool. Yeah. So the, what
1: brought you to Evansville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: Great question. <laughs> Cuz we had barely even heard of Indiana, let alone Evansville. Oh, really? Um, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, man, so we were in Colorado doing our thing for 4 years. Um my wife and I w- were builders by nature. Like we don't like to maintain things. Yeah. Um we're we're pioneers. Um, we love seeing a picture of what could be and then chasing after it for Mm -hmm. as long as, as long as God wants us to. And so all that to say in Colorado, we got to a point of building that ministry, uh, quote unquote, um, to a point where it was like, all right, we've done what God called us to do here. And so in a very healthy way, we were, we realized it was time to move on. So we did. Uh, I actually resigned before even knowing like what was next. Oh, wow. And um, long story short, this the, uh, Uncharted had hired this sort of headhunting agency or recruiting agency, and they got my my name and resume and said, "Hey, would you consider this organization called Uncharted?" So we were looking at it. There was another mission organization that we were considering at the same time, and um, we went through the process of interviewing here and although it was totally unexpected in terms of coming to Evansville, Indiana, uh, God just made it super clear that the opportunity was right. Um, it was, it was a great move for us in terms of, giftings and passion mm-hmm. uh very entrepreneurial and feel very you know nimble and young and like let's let's do this right and then also just a great move for our family um awesome. so so we're we went for it <laughs> <That's good.
1: laughs> yeah yeah so as of uncharted uh, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about what uncharted does
0: then. yeah so uncharted really is it's it's young it's young so we're really uh in this sweet spot of discovering Uh, who God is forming us to be as an organization and as a movement. Mm. Um, So what Uncharted is becoming is a mission movement that has a very – targeted fo- focus on reaching unreached people groups in different parts of the world. So we really want to lean into our name, this this name of Uncharted, this brand of uh, the unknown places and say, let's go to those places. Let's go to the places where the gospel has not yet arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go to the places where people don't have access to the hope, to the love, to the forgiveness, to the grace of Jesus Christ. And let's help in our small way. Let's help bring the gospel to those places. And so on the one hand, Uncharted is all about reaching unreached people, um, in different parts of the world. And then on the other hand, we're also about helping people go farther in their faith. Mm -hmm. Um, and I could go on and on about this. This is sort of like a personal soapbox, but, um, (laughs) for me, get on. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) yeah. Um, yeah. So for me, like I, I, I think there's one, one of the things that I long for is seeing, uh, fellow Christians, never settle for status quo. Mm-hmm. Um, never settle for status quo in their faith and what it means to follow Jesus. Never settle for this marginalized version of following Jesus, but to to realize that uh, following Jesus is like this incredibly risky, wonderful adventure. Right. And I think in the West in particular, I think in the West, um, Western culture, uh, like for example, here in the States, it's super easy to get comfortable in our faith. And I, I know for me, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. And, and as I look around at other Christians in this community and uh, in this part of the world, I don't want that for them either. Right. So I want to help people live a brave faith. Um, I want to help people go farther in their faith. I want to help people understand what does it mean to follow Jesus courageously in the everyday. Um, so at Uncharted, we say we want to help people do brave things. To advance God's kingdom all over the world, um, that's that's our language. We want to help people do brave things to advance God's kingdom all over the world. Um, so I can unpack that more, but that's that's sort of the thirty thousand foot view. Um, <laughs> reaching lost, reaching lost people, helping yeah. people go farther in their faith, doing brave things.
1: So you guys, then you do you kind of help like uh, finance individuals or churches in
0: trying to get a mission together as well? Is that kind of what you do too? Or? You mean uh, churches and individuals here in the States or yeah. globally? Yeah. So what we do is we believe wholeheartedly it's it's the mission of the church. It's the mission of the local church to be reaching lost people. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to replace the local church in doing that. We want to come alongside and empower the local church in doing that. Right. Um, So we mobilize people. We are beginning to send people longer term uh, as cross-cultural workers or, to use the older term, missionaries uh, to reach lost people and help establish a local church globally Mm -hmm. in in unreached people groups. Um, But then we also mobilize people on short-term trips. So... Since Uncharted launched several years ago, we've mobilized almost a thousand people on short-term trips oh, and, nice. uh, again, just helped them sort of have a, a, a level of awakening to what God is doing around the world and, and to fulfill that great commission that God gives us in so Scripture.
1: Where have you guys uh, kind of been yep. recently? Yep. So since you guys started, I guess.
0: Right. Yeah. So our staples right now are Myanmar and... Uh, a country in Central Asia. It's a creative access country, uh, super closed to to Christians, to missionaries, to the gospel. So um, we're pretty careful about what uh, where we say the name of that country, but we do have work there. And um, so those two places are where our most consistent long-term presence has been. We've also done some work in China, uh, which has been temporarily put on hold right now until we sort of refigure things out and then we have a uh, a small but growing presence in Dubai okay uh, in the Middle East yep but what's exciting is we're we're entering a phase of expansion and really just uh, asking the Lord to show us where are some new places and some new people groups around the world that he yeah. would want Uncharted to, to go into. So. I saw on your Facebook
1: page that you were in Syria what, three years ago?
0: Yeah, so that was with the previous organization uh-huh. um, when I was out in Colorado. And um, we were doing some some work with refugees on the Jordanian border of Syria. Okay. Um, and that was that was just a mind-blowing experience. I bet it was. Yeah.
1: When there were you trying to help persecuted christians or or kind of what all encompassing or what all exactly? encompassing yeah just yeah.
0: helping just helping any any refugee that uh so so the scenario there was there was a he- we were in a city called Mafrak and just outside of Mafrak was at that time one of the biggest refugee camps uh for syrian refugees but for a lot of reasons, Syrian refugees didn't necessarily want to live in that camp. Mm-hmm. And so they would come into this small city called Mafraq mm-hmm. and they had no job. They had no money. They had nothing. And so there was this tiny little church in Mafraq that God just like unleashed to do amazing things right. for literally tens, if not hundreds of thousands of refugees in the, that had overwhelmed the city. And so... Um, I went over there actually a few times I went over there and, and one of the times I was there, we were launching a campaign, um, to raise awareness, to raise funds for a school for Mm -hmm. Syrian children, um, refugee children in that, in that city. So, yeah. So yeah, got to be on the ground for a few days and went into a refugees, you know, quote unquote home and, uh, spend time with them. And again, just like super humbled and blown away. Um, by their hospitality, by their acceptance, by their love, and um, also by their, their desperate need for, for help. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. So in these countries where they're kind of locked down and kind of resist you talking about Jesus or Mm -hmm. maybe Christianity in general, Mm -hmm. how do you guys, how do you guys get that message out Mm -hmm. to, to these people without, you know, getting kicked out or anything yep. worse or, yep. or hurting the people that you're trying to get. Yeah, how, how do you, how do you yeah kind of get that message
0: out there? Yeah. Carefully. Yeah. <laughs> Carefully. And, but honestly, like through relationship. And so it takes time and, and it's not, it's not through relationship uh, in the sense that people are projects, but it's in relationship in the sense that there's genuine friendship mm-hmm. with, with people uh, who don't know Jesus in those contexts and that, um as as we're on the ground enhancing their lives in practical ways you know whether that's through providing education providing basic human needs providing access to clean water or uh whatever it may be as 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 we are being used by God to enhance their lives in some way uh trust is built trust is earned relationship is deepened um and and literally sort of one by one opportunity comes to the surface of sharing, you know, this is why I do this. This is, this is what this is about. This is what makes my life different than, than anything else mm-hmm. is this, this person named Jesus. And I'd love to tell you about him, but it is tricky, man. Like we've had some, uh, in, in the one particular country where we are in central Asia, there's been some pretty, pretty rough moments where, um, um, relationships were betrayed and and uh, that led to some really risky scenarios and yeah. we've had to be pretty careful so um it's not it's not easy for sure <laughs> yeah, but, yeah
1: yeah but especially because uh, China china's pretty locked down on on christianity aren't they
0: yeah it is uh there is a really strong underground church though and i think i think my sense is that um while you still have to be, have a high level of care um there's a little bit more openness mm-hmm. um that the church there is, is able to have about their faith. So, uh, certain, yeah, certainly a place where, you know, creativity is in high, you know, high demand in terms of um, how you build a relationship and how you, yeah. how you get to the point of sharing Jesus. Uh, I,
1: heard a, I heard a story. I'm trying to remember who it was from. I think it was David Whitmore that told me. Okay. But he was saying that the high rate of Christians in China Yeah, the, and the government kind of looking for them, yeah, uh, they were able to actually start spotting Christians at their jobs because they started doing better at their jobs.
0: Yeah, and totally. They
1: would, they would pick out the people who did the best at their jobs, yep. and then
0: Yep. well, I, I, it's so true. I, in fact, I heard the story that at one point, I mean, this was probably decades ago. Um, it was either Japan or China, uh, sort of at the turn of the century, um, um, the the twentieth century. They sent a team of again i can't remember if it was, it was either japan or china but they sent a team of of nationals over to the states to basically study like why why is the united states flourishing and and their number one takeaway was we need to adopt and allow christianity into our country <laughs> because that's why the united states is flourishing is right. these people are living out um this ideal and this this mindset and uh anyway so it is i'm not surprised that that you heard that because <laughs> uh, it stands out for sure. And that, so. that's funny because
1: uh, I've written about that a couple of times. Okay. About the reason why Western civilizations exist is because of Christianity. A culture. Yeah. Is always Whether you want to admit it or not. And right. we live in a time where people are trying not to admit it. But a culture is based off the religion. Right. And, and whether, so, like you can't have the free country like we have, like say under Islam. Mm-hmm when you can see what that's like when mm-hmm. you look at Iraq and Syria. Sure. And, um, so that's it, interesting that the other people actually outside see that and yep. are like, why are they doing so well? Yeah. I think even with people who don't believe in Christianity, Christianity allows them to exist. Yep. Yeah. And co-mingle. Yep. Which other religions want to take over.
0: Yep. Well, what's interesting too is that the landscape of mission is completely different than even 20 years ago and um, so for example um, the it, it used to be that the United States was like the leading country in terms of sending missionaries and sort of setting the pace for missions um, and by and large that is not the case anymore like oh, yeah? uh, and not only missions but really just Christianity as a whole mm-hmm. has has def- definitely shifted from what experts people who are way smarter than me say. Say the northwest; it's shifted from the northwest to southeast, uh, to the eastern parts of the world, to the southern parts of the world, like um, Africa, for example, and uh, different parts of Asia. They they are now the you know highest populations of Christianity and the highest um, uh, the countries with the highest amount of mission sending um, mm. initiatives. South Korea, I think, was the second highest. Country, uh, or the country with the second highest amount of mobilizing missionaries in the world. And interestingly enough, uh, the country with the highest amount of recipients of missionaries was the United States. So we went from being the highest sender of missionaries to now also being the highest receivers of yeah. missionaries from other countries. That is crazy. So, and it's kind of depressing at the same time.
1: It's I interesting. Guess say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's really interesting. So, you know, the landscape of Christianity has changed. Like the U- United States in many ways is no longer setting the pace or setting the trend. Right. Um, and, and it's really shifted to, uh, different countries in the developing world, like, like Asia and Africa. Hmm. Um, so that's, that's you know that's something that we as the local church here in the United States really have to pay attention to, and and shift a lot of our thinking and a lot of our approach and how we do ministry in general and certainly how we do mission. So,
1: today I was listening to a new podcast by Jonathan Morrow. He was talking about in America, yeah. or in in the Western civilization, but mostly America, yeah. that we have become very good at having a life, and then our religion. Hmm, for sure. And he was he was talking about how doing that, living basically like a double life, yep. will destroy your Christianity because yep. Christianity mm. doesn't work that way. Mm. You don't have Jesus on Sunday That's and the right. you know, rest of your life. And he, he had talked about how we're so distracted, yep. TV and internet and yep. everything. Um, most people just don't sit down and think about... Who they are, their life, yep. eternity, yep. what's really going to happen to them. Yep. And I was thinking about that because it seems like I see see that so much uh, anymore. Yeah, When people talk, I talk to some people and, and they talk about religion as if it was just some sort of a myth. Right. And they haven't actually looked into it. Right. Including a lot of Christians, too. Right. They Absolutely. don't have actually looked into what they believe in. Yep. It's like, have you even sat down and thought about it? Yep. Because it's, it's something I think about all the time. Mm. If if it's true, mm. you want to know, mm-hmm. you know yep. exactly what's going on here. Yeah. Do I believe in the right God? Yeah. Is is that really? You know. Why yeah. do I believe
0: this? Yep. That's right. Um, well, and the gospel isn't meant to just change where we spend eternity. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's meant to to change and impact the here and now. That every as- uh, facet and aspect of my life. The gospel is supposed to um, uh, impact my marriage, the way that I relate to my spouse. It's supposed to impact my relationships, the way that I love people, um, the people that are easy to love and the people that aren't as easy to love. It's supposed to impact the way that I go about my, you know, the gospel is is meant to be, my relationship with Jesus is meant to be something that shows up just in every, Facet of who I am, um, right. yeah. Like you're saying, that it's not just this um, sort of list of things that I do or participate in in a set amount of time, and yeah. then and then set aside. Your social club, exactly. I've
1: yep. I've gotten into calling churches social clubs. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think I think like a that. lot of churches have good intentions, and I think a lot of people that work in the churches have good
0: intentions. Sure. Yeah.
1: And I've seen. From a, I'm not, I haven't been in any administrative roles in churches, but sure. been around people who have, and yep. just see it. You know, it's hard to fight the people. Yep. Stop making it a social. club. Yep. <laughs> Stop doing that. Yeah. And so many preachers, have preached. You know, this is not just a
0: Sunday thing. Please keep this in your entire right. life. You know, and I think it's. I have a friend who calls it. You know, there's a difference between the business of church, and, actually, like being the church being who God designed the bride of Christ to be. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially here in the West, like in reference to what you just said, we we get really caught up in the business of church, um, in, in the social club aspect, in the politics of it, in the drama of it, in the, you know, drawing the lines in the sand and saying, I'm right, you're wrong of right. it all. Um, As Frank Turk would say, majoring in the minors. Mm-hmm yep exactly
1: i wonder i think sometimes i i see this economically with us but i wonder too religiously with us if this is the same thing hmm. Is almost kind of like we got the rich kid syndrome hmm. like we're all spoiled <laughs> and we're all used to it being good yeah and we're just like ah christianity huh. you know we haven't suffered and realized what it actually can do yeah
0: i i'm i'm I I don't think I would disagree with that. I mean, I think there's I think there's very unique challenges for us here in the West and that um the idols that we have first of all, we probably don't even really know how to identify them. I know that that that's a challenge for me. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's hard for me to admit that consumerism and comfort and materialism are idols. But if I'm honest with myself, they are in my life. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's true for a lot of, a lot of us, um, who, who would label as followers of Jesus. And so, yeah, it makes it like, man, I've got everything I need. Um, I don't suffer. Yeah. Um, as long as you follow by, right. Got my job, pay my bills and
1: I keep going. Yeah. Same thing over and over every day. Yeah. I know so many men fight that routine. I fight that routine. I hate routine. I struggle with routine. Yeah. And I usually, I usually have to take time off Sure. To break my routine. Yeah. Because I got a got a great job. I got a yep. good life. Yeah. But the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Like,
0: oh, right. You know. Well, that's so. That's one of the that's one of the things I love about Uncharted is that our our heartbeat is to say how can we come alongside and help me help people move out of that routine. How can we help people um, wake up in a sense, yeah. wake up in their faith and say, man, there's so much more. There's so much more to to this um, than what we've settled for. And you don't, I mean, it it can include going on a short term trip to a place like Myanmar, but, but really it's like, it's the other 51 weeks out of the year. Like, what does it look like to live a brave faith as a stay at home dad or mom? What does it look like to live a brave faith as an employee at a company? What does it look like to live a brave faith as a teacher, as a university student? Um, and that's, simultaneous to reaching unreached people around the world. Like that goes hand in hand with how do we help stir people out of, out of that description you just painted of, you know, kind of just settling into the routine. Um, So that's why I love this sort of dual dynamic of uncharted is, is there's an aspect of reaching lost people geographically going to uncharted places, but then also personally, and individually and spiritually helping people go to uncharted places
1: so what is your experience what do you see Does christianity look different outside Mm -hmm. of the united states for anybody who hasn't experienced it from from a different perspective how does that how does that look like how do how do they in persecuted countries where it's not accepted or just coming from it what how does that
0: So first, I'll just throw this caveat out that there are people way smarter than me who could do a much better job at describing an answer to this question. But yes, it is very different in many aspects. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what's also cool, though, is there's a lot of similarities, you know, that at the end of the day, these are just people who also like us struggle with doubt, struggle with temptation, struggle with Some of the same questions that we have, maybe for different reasons, but at the end, there's some of the same questions. So I I think I used to like put people in other countries on a pedestal in terms of their faith. Um, And, and it's, and there are a lot of key differences and I'll talk about those, but, um, at the end of the day, to know like these are just people too who are trying their best to understand what does it mean to follow Jesus, right? And and they're gonna stumble in some of the same ways that I stumble, and then they're gonna stumble in different ways that I stumble. They're gonna flourish in ways that I flourish, and they're gonna flourish in other ways, uh, or in, in yeah, in different ways than I do. So, to answer your question specifically though, here's here's like quickly just some key differences. Um, relationship and community is like for real over in those places, especially in developing countries. And Mm -hmm. so I think one of the biggest challenges and um, issues of the Western church, especially here in the States, is our individuality. Like we want to be so individual and on our own and and I don't need this and I don't need you and I don't need that. And that's just like not an option. Mm -hmm. Um, So the, the community, the relational aspect is so deep and so real over there. Um and is something that needs to be really um, um, considered and and like as west the western church engages in mission with the majority world mm-hmm. um having a high degree of concern and sensitivity to the importance of relationship um which is hard for us as Americans because we are so individualistic right. we are so task oriented
1: I can admit that i am my wife and i we're we're kind of, i you could guess you could say we're kind of introverted in way introverted in sure ways. yep but we yeah it's especially with people that you don't really relate to it's, right that's a really hard yeah and i know that that's something that we should do so that's yep. like one of my sins i struggle with i sure trying just to be more relational that yeah way. yeah i think that our money helps us be mm-hmm. individuals
0: absolutely we don't need to rely on others mm. yep which is which is another aspect is there's there's just such a reliance um, on on others for sure, but then a real like I would call it a rugged faith like it's it, uh, people in developing world majority world um, have have a much more rugged um, uh, long suffering faith, but also an expectancy, and I think that's been the thing that has challenged me the most is I honestly don't actually expect God to answer prayers um, more often than I care to admit. (laughs) And in fact, when I pray, I give God like these outs, you know, like (laughs) I'll say like, hey, God, you know, if you could heal this person or if you could answer this way, that'd be great but if you don't, it's okay. And so like, I give God these outs as if whatever your will. Yeah. Would yeah. Be. Yeah. Right. So like, like I'm trying to protect God's character or yeah. protect his reputation. And it's like, well, when does God need me? Since when does God need me to protect his reputation? Um, so I think that's a huge difference too in the majority world. Christian is that um, they just expect God to do things yeah. and they expect the whole, like the Holy spirit, is not a theological debate. You know, there's no debate in the majority world Christian about, um, is the Holy spirit still active? Is the Holy spirit still healing people and, um, like doing just crazy things. Like there's no theological debate about that. Mm -hmm. They just expect it. And, 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 demons are real and casting demons out is real and the Holy Spirit showing up healing people physically and spiritually and emotionally is real you know right. um, so there's just like a whole nother level of playing field when it comes to the the spiritual realm uh, in the majority world than than what we're used to uh, here for sure yeah. so yeah so those would be so you know the community aspect versus our individualism um, th- that sort of rugged, uh, faith, the expectancy that God is going to do something. God's yeah. going to show up somehow. Um, and then just that whole spiritual dynamic dynamic. Um, I mean, there's dozens others for sure, but those would be some that come to the top of my mind right away. Do so. you really see denominations over there? Oh, for sure. Do yeah, you? there are, there are denominations. Yeah. I mean, there's some real challenges that the majority the world has as well. I mean, there's a growing like wildfire denominations spring up mm-hmm. And that can be okay, but unfortunately, like us here in the West, you know, they get into their territorial battles and their theological differences and division happens. And, yeah. you know, this is where you get reminded, yeah, these are, these are people just like us too. And they have, at the end, some of the same challenges. Right. Yep. So yeah, there's denominations. Um, you know, another challenge is the prosperity gospel. Um, oh, especially man. in developing countries, different countries in Africa and different parts of Asia.
1: So that's a challenge in those, in those totally. places too then. Totally.
0: Right? I mean, you know, imagine yourself, you're in a developing country. Um, you have by Western standards, no money and in comes this, what I would say, a false version of the gospel promising mm-hmm. you, Hey, if you commit your life to Jesus, you're going to get wealth. You're going to get material possessions. You're going to be happy. You're going to be healthy. And, uh, yeah. it, it, Everything it, the
1: Bible doesn't say, <laughs> right?
0: Exactly. Yep. So, tragically, that is a a version of the gospel that's spreading. Um, you know,
1: without getting too far off track, there's a. We just got sling, because oh, yeah. we don't have cable. Uh huh. So we're being reintroduced to commercials, <laughs> and um, there's a commercial running by this TV evangelist. Okay. It's called Miracle Springwater. Oh boy. Oh my God. So, gosh. like nine
0: ninety nine by the vial well, of that, water. <laughs> you get it for free. Oh, you get it for free. Right. Yeah.
1: And they got these testimonials. Uh-huh. These people, they're like, I drank this spring water. Yeah. And God healed me of this and that. Yeah. And I said, I always find it interesting when people say God. Right. They don't say Jesus. Right. And it just, uh, I just want to start yelling. Yeah. You know, I just want to find somebody. You, yeah. What is this? This yeah. isn't
0: what? Exactly. Yeah. And
1: I think what really hurts me when i see that is it's more ammunition for people not to believe right like it hurts That's right people i don't think people realize right how many people they're hurting yeah
0: well and it makes a mockery of god too mm-hmm. you know i mean it reduces him down to a product yeah
1: um, kind of turns him into a myth totally the, the more i started to study uh, especially in apologetics um the more i started to find how real god is mm-hmm. it's cool you know what I mean? Yeah. Because God kind of seemed separate. Yeah. Maybe a story of a guy that you heard and right. you kind of believe in it. Right. And then I started realizing, because it started stripping away the legalism, and it started stripping away the, mm. the false give me's, mm. and then it's just, re- and I, I can't, I've been trying for a while now to explain mm. exactly what I mean, but yeah. it's just like, he's, he's real. Yeah. Like it's, it's a re- real thing. Yep. Yep. And it's not like I can, I just, you know, I just, I, and I still can't get the words. It's just like, yeah, I feel you right next to you. Like right? there's a God, there's yep. a connection. Yep. It's cool. That's yeah. really good. It's really good.
0: Yeah. Well, I just appreciate you, you know, not only having me on here, but for caring about what, you know, trying to catch a glimpse of what is God's global kingdom look like. And I think that's one, that's been one of the redeeming things for me as someone who who has a history of a, of a pretty bad relationship with the bride of Christ, um, God has used the opportunity that I've had to see uh, so many places around the world what following Jesus looks like and how different it is than me in so many ways. And yet also at the same time, all the deep similarities and, and the beautiful um, connections that I have immediately you know with these men and women who are totally different than me in every way and except for this one core way um so i think it's great that that you're you know bringing this exposure to man the the global kingdom of god really is a beautiful thing and and really gives me hope um and while we have a lot of reason to give up on the religion of Christianity and while we have a lot of reason to give up on um, on the church as it you know the business of church for every reason we have to give up I would say the more exposed we are to God's global kingdom there are more reasons to not give up and there Mm -hmm. are more reasons to have hope and there are more reasons to say man this is all about the person of Jesus Christ and uh, in the hope of the gospel so so thanks for doing this thanks for having me on here and thanks very much giving a shout out to what god's doing around the world yes
1: definitely so uh, before we go yeah let's just make sure
0: let everybody know about uncharted yep they want to get in touch Yep, all your all your outlets yep yep Uh, so super simple ways to get engaged with what we're doing so uncharted international.org is our website um some of the ways to be part of what we're doing moving forward we have a child sponsorship program So um, the different ministries we have in Myanmar, uh, church planters in Myanmar, uh, you can sponsor an orphan, you can sponsor a church planter, this creative access country in Central Asia, where we work with refugee children, um, you can sponsor them. So it's it's a really nice way for people here to get engaged on a monthly level and say, man, I'm part of changing and contributing to God's kingdom globally. Mm. So we have child sponsorships. If you want to go on a short term trip, we have those multiple times a year. You can go on our website and there's always a featured trip that a person can apply for. Um, We actually also have a fair trade store on Green River Road, 400 South Green River Road. uh, And the products that are sold at this brick and mortar retail store of ours are all handmade by women who uh, come out of the ministries that we have in Myanmar and in Central Asia. And 90% of the money that we, we make off the sale goes back to these women and back to the ministries around, around the world. So there's some you know, really practical ways. The sponsorship program, short-term trips... And uh, buying fair trade at our retail or online um, are some of the ways to get engaged in what we're doing.
1: Thank you very much, Ben, for coming on. We certainly appreciate it. Be sure to follow Ben and Uncharted International. Also, be sure that you make sure to follow A Real God. We are on Facebook and Twitter at A Real God, the number four, the letter U, and our website is arealgod.com. Thank you for listening, and as always, keep your mind sharp and your eyes on Jesus.